You're listening to the Style Files podcast. I'm your host, Paloma Contreras, and joining me today is a talented interior designer and one of my oldest friends in the design industry, Lauren Lees. Lauren Lees is a decorator, product designer, shop owner, TV personality, and author known for her natural, relaxed style and down-to-earth approach to design and living. Lauren writes the blog Pure Style Home, where she has been sharing bits of her life as a mother of five, interiors, projects, and design philosophy for over a decade. She believes in living a simpler, more relaxed life in homes that are real, natural, and lack pretense, and encourages an appreciation of the natural beauty around us, and fully enjoying the present moment with those we love. She and her husband and business partner, David, host the HGTV show, Best House on the Block, which features the design and renovation of Washington, D.C. area homes by the couple. They recently opened a real estate brokerage in Great Falls, Virginia, where they rehab properties and sell them. Lauren's first book, The Best-Selling Habitat, The Field Guide to Decorating, was published in fall of 2015 and was chosen by NPR as a book of the year. Her newest book, Down to Earth, Laid Back Interiors for Modern Living, was released in October 2019 and was also a bestseller. She has furniture collections, a tile collection, a kitchen cabinet collection, and a fabric line. Lauren and her projects have been featured in numerous national publications, including Southern Living, Traditional Home, House Beautiful, Lux, Better Homes and Gardens, Domino, Martha Stewart Living, and Country Living. Today, we're going to talk to Lauren all about how she manages to balance multiple businesses, multiple media outlets, with with five children and um, making it all look effortless. So thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. We're so excited to hear from you and are so excited to have you here. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing well, all things considered, you know, just just trying to stay positive and busy. For sure. And you know a thing or two about being busy. Yes, I do. <laughs> so we'll this go year. ahead and address the elephant in the room, if you will. For those of you listening, you know that Lauren is a bit of a wonder woman, if you will. Are you superhuman? Because you have, I say this about Lauren all the time. She does everything that so many other people do, and then some, with five children and makes it look so effortless. You have a busy design practice. You design textiles, furniture, tile, among other things. On top of that, you're a two-time author. You have an amazing HGTV show called Best House on the Block. And as if that weren't enough to keep you super busy, you also have a real estate development company now, as well as a new shop that you're launching and five beautiful growing children and a gaggle of animals. How do you make it all look so beautiful and effortless? How do you do it all? Oh my gosh, lies all lies. <laughs> I promise it's a hot mess behind it all. <laughs> um, you know, I have so much help, uh, honestly, from my husband. You know, David, mm-hmm. um, he's amazing. And, um, you know, everything that we, that I, looks like I'm getting done, we're really both doing together. Um, so he, he's a huge help. You guys are such a great team, both in in life and in work. It seems like you guys have really found your rhythm. We have. We've really, I mean, I really love working with him. Um, We just kind of attack things together, kind of divide and conquer, um, just to try to kind of get it all done. He's probably hoping I'll stop coming up with new uh, business venture ideas (laughs) so the poor guy can relax. (laughs) How do you guys determine, I mean, because there are so many different facets of your business now, how do you divide and conquer and, and split your time? You know, it's um, right now is 
is kind of crazier than normal with all of um, the kids home. So I'm not quite sure what we're doing at the moment. It's kind of like you, you have them now. No, no, you've got them now. Um, and we kind of look at what's uh, most urgent, but when we have childcare and um, you know, the kids are at school and being taken care of, um, we both just kind of have separate roles. I'm more um, dealing with clients and um, the overall kind of plans uh, for the companies and kind of our goals establishing that. And then he's more of kind of the person who makes it happen. Um, he gets like all the fun, you know, paperwork jobs and uh, dealing with contracts and uh, negotiating and all of that. And then I can kind of just be freed up to sort of uh, stick to the creative side and overall business development. So it's kind of nice. I, I like my, my half I think my half is more fun, I would say. <laughs> Probably so. And it's just good to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think that's a really important lesson for any entrepreneur early on is figuring out, you know, what do you enjoy? What are you, what, the best use of talents, basically? What are you good at? What can you do that no one else in your organization can do? And then delegate the rest of that. For sure, for sure. He jokes, um, you probably haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, um, but one of the lines in it, Rob, what is it? Robin says, um, uh, my superpowers are excellent listening skills and execution of your ideas. <laughs> so we joke, I'm like, oh, that, he calls me Batman. I'm like, you're Robin. <laughs> so. That's cute and true. <laughs> How long have you guys been working together now? Um, coming up on eight years now. Oh, wow. Yep, yep. It's amazing to see how much you've you've grown your business in that amount of time. I remember back in our OG blogging days. Yes. I remember that first house of yours with the stairwell with all of the different artwork in it. And there was something orange. Was it an orange lantern? Or you know, I had painted my front door orange for oh. Halloween and then never repainted it. And so in that shot, the door was open or bright orange. Okay. Um, in the foyer. Yep. I can, I can picture it in my mind's eye, Yeah, but amazing because not only are you incredibly talented, but you've, I think you've been so smart. I know I personally find you to be so inspiring because you've found ways to keep reinventing yourself, new, new avenues for sharing and expressing your creativity and ways to diversify your business, which I think a lot of people are realizing as we're going through this coronavirus pandemic, it's a really smart thing to do because when things are uncertain and you have all of your eggs in one basket, it's mm -hmm. a scary, it's a scary proposition. For sure. I think that's been one of our things I would say about maybe about six, five or six years ago, we really did uh, begin focusing on diversifying because I just kind of uh, felt like as an interior designer, I was just kind of, I, I love it, but I also felt that I was, um, or that I am kind of, you know, on a hamster wheel and you can really only take income in for your time and for, you know, you can only do so many jobs a year, so you can only take in so much and you're kind of capped out. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really started thinking, um, you know, about five or six years ago about how to bring in other avenues and that, that were still fun and creative and things I was still passionate about. Um, so that did kind of lead us into product design. It's part of the reason we did the show. Um, and of course, the real estate brokerage and all of that. So it's, it's definitely been a focus of ours. I feel like probably like everybody, I'm sort of seeking that, uh, that nebulous uh, idea of balance of work and home <laughs> life. 
and, um, you know, never really feeling like I've got it, but kind of always going after it. And um, we make a lot of our moves based on how we feel like we can kind of get more uh, quality time at home. And sometimes that requires in the past, I don't know, five or six years, we've had to really kick it in gear obviously to try to get those other irons going on the fire, but that is in the end kind of always our goal is how do we kind of give more at home and have more quality time at home. Right. Do you feel like you've been able to achieve some of that balance that you've been seeking? You know, I feel like um, at times, yes, at times, um, you know, when we kind of have wrapped up starting a new uh, project, but all of these different businesses that we've kind of been starting, like the real estate brokerage and this uh, knife company I'm doing with my dad and now the store, like every time, you know, you launch a new business, it's kind of like your baby. And so Mm -hmm. you're just, you know, sleepless, you're staying up and um, you're just trying to get it all done because you have to keep your, your main job going during the day. And so it's done in, um, you know, all your extra time. And so I feel like when we sort of wrap up and get one of these businesses going and off the ground and so that it can kind of work itself a little bit more, those are the moments when I feel a little bit, um, you know, like we've achieved some more balance. Um, Sorry, we've got a, um, uh, I don't know if you can hear that, a siren going by. Um, Oh, that's okay. I'm sure for those listening, Lauren has a very busy household. It's, she has this most, this like incredible house. It's, um, Alsacian in style, if you will. It looks like it's in the Alps, in the French Alps. Uh, this beautiful home. There's a pond and a vegetable garden and lots of animals and darling children scurrying about. So I'm sure <laughs> at some point we'll probably hear from one of them. You might, you might. Two are down. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, well, did you always know that you were destined to be a designer or that you would end up doing something creative? No, you know, it's, um, I in college actually was a communication major with a concentration in PR and thought that I was going to go into public relations. And, um, when I, I I guess I'm trying to think I did an internship. I'm trying to think the whole, how did this all happen? I ended up doing PR for our family business and it was for a locomotive, um, components manufacturing company, which my dad owns. And realizing that I just had zero passion uh, for train parts (laughs) and um, at the time was kind of decorating my first apartment, you know, at thrift stores and just kind of repainting the walls all the time. And I realized that I liked it so much more than um, than the PR that I was doing. Um, And so I took a distance learning program and started taking on staging clients. And then they um, just kind of ended up becoming actual clients and then. I originally just thought, and Dave was a teacher at the time, and I just thought I wanted a part-time business and just thought I would, you know, I did not know I was going to have five kids either. That kind of was a, through a certain loop, but I thought I'd have like one or, well, we, I guess we said two to seven, so maybe I did know. Um, but (laughs) That's quite a spread. We're very open. (laughs) Um, And so I think when, yeah, when I had Christian, my son, I thought, you know, this will be great. I'll just do this part-time. Um, but then it just kind of started growing. And then I think I probably just started seeing more potential for the future of it. And then by our third child, Dave came to work with me and um, it just became this yeah full-time thing. That's amazing. And it's grown so much that that must be 
surreal at times to think that you once were in a job that you didn't love and now to be able to do something that you love with so many different facets has got to be really um, validating. It is. And I, I feel very, very grateful and thankful. I mean, it's one of those things that, um, you know, Dave jokes, he's like, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I feel very thankful to kind of, you know, be happy in what I'm doing and be satisfied in what I'm doing. It's a good feeling for sure. It's a gift really, for sure. Not everybody gets to experience that. You realize that when you've been on the other side and then you get to then pivot and do something that you really love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You remember that with teaching. I I remember when you left, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for her. (laughs) feels like a lifetime. Truly it does. I know. It's so crazy, but here we are. Um, Tell us a little bit about your design process. How do you like to begin your projects? Do you normally start with fabrics, a piece of art? What is usually the impetus for you in terms of coming up with um, that starting point for your process? Um, I would say I generally start out um, with the floor plan. I Mm -hmm. measure everything out and I generally um, draw in the whole floor plan and kind of what I think I'm going to be doing. Obviously we do a lot of, you know, vintage and one of the kinds um, and those kinds of things, but I just put in the general floor plan that I'm going after or that I'm going after. And then I kind of um, just start plugging in. It could be a fabric. uh, It could be a piece of artwork. It can be, um, you know, maybe I just want to go textures. So, and if I'm not really doing patterns, I generally probably start with, I'm trying to think. It's so funny. I should know this, Paloma. <laughs> I generally, yeah. I think, you know, what? I think it's probably something different every time once I've nailed that floor plan. Um, yeah. Just kind of see what, whatever spring off point gets me inspired and excited. Um, a lot of times it's, it's their yard and uh, where the house is located and just kind of going off those colors and, um, and that mood as well. Oh, I love that. See, I, I think of you as such a, sort of naturalist the indoors and outdoors I think seem to play such a big role in the overall spirit of the homes that you design so it's interesting to hear that that can sometimes be the jumping off point for what you do with the interior yeah definitely that's so great and tell us about how you structure your team do you have a very big team outside of you and Dave no we are so tiny so I just have one project manager designer it's really and honestly Dave's not once it kind of gets um, to client work and we've kind of established and set up the contract and everything, Dave really isn't involved in the day-to-day. So it's just the two of us. That's incredible. I I mean, you're sending my head spinning right now because I don't know. That's like so many moving parts and projects and deadlines and it clients is. and customers and everything else. You guys are amazing. It is. We are, I mean, I won't say that the way I'm doing it is necessarily the right way because I am exhausted. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, but it, it really works. I mean, she's amazing. And, um, you know, we just kind of, I guess we kind of just have a shorthand and it works really well. Sure. Well, that's great. That's important to have a team that you can trust and for everybody to sort of know, you know, their role in the process. And as long as the work is getting done, kudos to you for being able to do that um, in a streamlined way. Because, you know, once you grow, I feel like sometimes I see 
I hear about people who have very large firms and it's so stressful because managing people and personalities isn't necessarily my favorite part of the job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all in all, we have a great team, but um, it's, it's just a lot to keep up with. And sometimes there can be a lot of emotions and whatnot, and it, it becomes kind of a time suck. So if you can avoid that, that's amazing and obviously better for the bottom line in the end too. It is. And we've made a really conscious decision. Um, I, you know, I have, I've had bigger teams at times and I just uh, kind of came to the conclusion where I really felt like my clients wanted me. And so um, I, we just kind of made a conscious decision to keep it smaller and then grow in the other areas. And that's, you know, that balance is always is a challenge as well, because each business wants to kind of take all your attention and time. So it's just, you know, balancing between the two. But consciously at this point, I am going to, I'm trying to keep the design business of a certain smaller size so that I can do these other things. Right. So then how do you decide what is the most compelling to you when you're assessing a potential project and meeting with a potential client, how do you decide if you are now limiting the number of projects that you can take on, which ones you really want, want to work on? Well, we, for the majority, just um, take on full home projects. So that's, that's one thing. Um, and, and it can be a renovation if it's a full home renovation um, or it can be a new build. Mo- mostly we're working on new builds, but um, you know, there are some like older houses that we're working on. Um, and that, that I will say, um, is a big thing. A lot of people reach out to us where, you know, they just have a few rooms to do. Um, and so that, you know, just being saying that we only do full houses, um, that's our big thing I would say. Um, and then it's really, it's funny, Davis, I actually don't even speak to our clients until we are hired. Um, so Dave is the one who handles all of, um, you, you know, talking to new potential clients. Um, and for him, what he's really looking for is just um, a really good rapport. Um, we have we, we love, love, love our clients. And uh, they're all just incredibly sweet. A lot of them, you know, become really good friends um, throughout the process. And so I think that I would say that's the biggest thing. We do this because we love it. And so we it's, it's not just for money. We have to, you know, enjoy our daily life. And so it's really about just kind of like getting along with the people and um, knowing that they trust us. I think that's a huge thing. You can tell when someone is, um, you know, wants you to come do someone else's look for them. That's not really the client we're looking for. We're looking for the client who says, we love what you do. We trust what you're going to do. Um, doesn't mean we need, you know, carte blanche or anything, but um, we just need to know that they trust us and, and then vice versa. So it's definitely about that, that connection. Yeah, it's such a personal, intimate relationship is what I say, because we're with our clients for a very long time. We're in their homes. We're around their families and children and pets and, you know, designing what is basically the most sacred space for someone, their home, where they go to a retreat from the world and then there's finances involved. So that level of trust and that level of rapport are imperative in order to make the process as seamless as possible and as enjoyable for everybody. Absolutely. And I think that, that, you know, you saying it, it being enjoyable, that's just huge for us because we know this is what we are going to be doing day in and day out. And they really, maybe some of them only get to do this once. 
So it's it's got to be special for them and and great for us too. Yeah. What are some of your indispensable design elements? The things that um, you feel like every house should have, or that you turn to again and again in your work. I would say um, the use of natural wood is something I probably almost always include. Um, I love me some white oak and um, I love um, kind of raw waxed finishes um, that will patina over time. Um, I feel like there needs to be kind of a, I probably always include a mix of old and new. Um, I don't like everything to be old. Actually, maybe I, I would potentially, <laughs> but I like, um, I like a good balance of old things and new things. Um, you know, things with stories, things with um, a little bit of patina and crest on them. Um, I just feel like that gives a lot of soul. Um, whenever I can, I'll plaster a wall, uh, but that's kind of always budget dependent. So I don't get to do it as much as I wish I could. <laughs> Um, and I would say I bring a lot of, um, I do love linen. I bring, a, do a lot of, uh, slip covers. Um, and I love bringing in, um, natural elements from outside, uh, inside. I, I'm really into kind of blurring the line between the indoors and the outdoors. Um, so I feel like when I can bring in, you know, like a big branch or, um, a seashell or, piece of coral um, or stone, anything from outside that I can bring inside, I feel like um, just makes the house breathe a little better and kind of brings that sense of nature in. That's so great. Now, you mentioned nature, and that seems to be such a common thread throughout all of your work and all of the different avenues of your work and your brand. Have you always loved nature? Did you just grow up outdoors taking all that I, I have. Yeah. Um, my parents got divorced when I was four. And so I grew up um, living in Virginia with my mom and my grandparents, but then I would spend summers with my dad in the Midwest um, outside of Chicago. So I got to appreciate both types of land. And I think maybe it was going from two places that made me kind of uh, see everything a little bit more. But I just remember um, when I would go out to Illinois in the summers, being obsessed with all the wildflowers and the big, you know, flat fields with flowers and um, the big sky. And then I would come home and be like, oh, it's, and I, this is me at like six years old, six years old, like, oh, mommy, it's so pretty. It's so green and lush. <laughs> um, so I was just very, very into it. Um, my mom used to take me to the Smithsonian a lot. And I remember the, uh, the gems exhibit, which I still love. And she said, I'd be like on my hands and knees pressed up against the glass being like, it's so beautiful. She said people would laugh, um, a strange little Aww. kid. But yeah, I've always been uh, really into it. Flowers, both of my grandmothers um, would do flower arranging and let me uh, pick flowers with them from the garden. Um, so I've just, yeah, I've always just loved it and, and felt very free outside. <laughs> Do you see that same thing happening with your children? I do. I, um, you know, it's funny though. Sometimes I feel like I have to kick them outside. I'm like, get outside. What are you doing? Um, I do though. I just feel like we probably have some, have some of our best moments when we're all outside together. Um, and it just, they get along really well when they're outside. It's nice to see, like, it's a very you know, calming uh, thing for everyone. Yeah, especially right now, I'm yes. sure, with everybody cooped up at home. And yep. 
um, having a homeschool and whatnot, I'm sure they're loving getting outside and, and playing and releasing some of definitely, that Definitely, They definitely are. And I love it when I see them like, like digging in things and making things out of, you know, stones and sticks and all of that. It's, and it just makes me happy. <laughs> Where do you turn for inspiration? Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't want to say it, but probably outside Paloma. It probably is, you know, I just, I'll be outside and see like, like this year I found this um, flower that I'd never seen before. It's a weed growing in my yard. Um, but to me, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's a great fabric. Um, sometimes I'll just see certain trees or things I've never really noticed before. And um, in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's a color palette or, you know, there's a fabric design. Or, um, so I think I would say outside is probably where I get most of my inspiration from um, in general. Yeah. So you famously documented your moves over the years. You've lived in a few houses and they all had a very distinct point of view and sort of a different vibe from the last. And um, as I mentioned before, I've had the pleasure of visiting your beautiful home and it's sort of reminiscent of um, a very specific style of French architecture from the region of Alsace. It's serene and full of life. It has a wonderful energy because of the lovely people living there. Could you tell us a little bit about the process of finding this house, the renovation and how you got from point A to point B now that you've lived there for a while? Um, So this house had actually been on the market um, for four years before we bought it. And it's right down the road from where my studio is um, in town. And um, we had never really thought anything of it. We'd never had, you know, driven, you couldn't, you can't see it from the road. So we'd never driven up to it. Um, And when we found it, we had been living in um, a nearby town, McLean, for almost a year. And um, we'd been talking, oh, when we uh, retire, we'll go out to Great Falls, which is where our studio is, because it's a little, it's it's a little farther from the city than McLean. And we thought, oh, you know, it's far out. We don't want to move far out yet. Um, so we, you know, had for years have been saying, we'll retire there. We'll retire there. And one day, uh, one day, Dave was just like, why are we moving to where we really want to be when we're retired? Like, why, why don't we do it now? Um, and so we're like, well, like, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. And so we um, were driving by our studio and we were like, you know what, let's just drive up to that house. And um, we saw it had a huge price drop. Like, I think that, I think it was the day he said that we looked at the house and we saw that it had a huge price drop. And so on, on our way home from work, we just decided to drive by and we drove up the driveway. And I was like, uh, literally like kind of teary when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, you could see that that Alsatian architecture and it looks so much like the architecture in, in Northern Italy where my family's from. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. I'd never seen anything like that, like around here. Um, and so we're like, okay, let's just call our real estate agent and we'll just, you know, kind of look. Um, but we were totally in love. Um, and we had only been at our house, other house for less than a year. So we put the other house on the market and made an offer on this one and um, moved and got it. Um, and it was, uh, it was in, it, the family hadn't been living there for four years. Um, the people who owned it had died. And so it just needed a ton of work. Um, so we pulled out, um, you know, pulled walls out and put new floors. I mean, we just kind of 
almost gutted it, but you wouldn't really know that when you look at it because the drywall is back in place, the trim is still there. Um, you know, we just completely rehabbed it and added bathrooms and um, just top to bottom, but we still have a lot to, of work to do. I mean, we're not, we're really not done yet. Um, and just moved in all of my existing furniture from all the other houses. And I think the only thing I've bought, I think is a pair of, a set of curtains and at my bed and that's it so far. Um, so we have a lot wow. to do. <laughs> well, that's well, but it's also a good lesson in, in being true okay. to your style because all of those things that came before this house that you had in your previous house work seamlessly in this new this new home because you know your style has evolved and of course you're constantly fine tuning your craft and whatnot, but the things that you love are still absolutely, that and that that's really it. It's been fun to see you know how things that were all in one room together can get broken up in the next house and, and still work together because you are kind of, if you're going with what you really love, it all just kind of works together. Right. Was the last house before this one? The so black the black house? house was two houses ago. And then from there, when we moved, the other house was bigger. So we got, I think four chairs and a rug that we added onto. Um, and the last one was the, um, do you remember the Cape Cod one with the white painted floors? Um, it was Kind of with oh, the yes, front yard vegetable yes. garden with the Williamsburg kind of brick mm -hmm. um, on the floor, on the garden. So yeah, the White House. So the Black House, the White House, and now this one. And we've, we feel pretty um, we feel pretty good about this one, I think, for a while. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. That's so great. Has it been a nice place? It to really has. Um, and one of the things that's really neat about it is we've um, kept in touch with the family that we bought it from. Um, and actually, the, the family that bought our last White House from us, um, they're, they've become really close friends. So this was one of those really cool moves where we're very close with the people we bought our house from and the people who bought the house from us. Um, and we they own a restaurant. Um, the, the family is uh, the uh, Chef Jacques um, from Le Berger Francois. It's a French restaurant in our town. And so this house, um, when they built the restaurant, they built the house at the same time and brought things in from France and did it all together. So we love having a relationship with them too, because, you know, we get to go to the restaurant and hang out with them and they get to come back and we have them over just to have lunch or see the house. Um, so it's just, it has a lot of meaning for our family, I'd say. Yeah. That's so special to be able to maintain that relationship. And in some ways it's like the, um, oh gosh, what's the word? you're the steward of the house now you know that stewardship yeah. stewardship of the house is passed on to a new yeah. new family but so nice for them to be able to see what you're doing with it and hopefully you know yeah. not bristle at it and I'm sure they love it I'm sure they are so sweet food. but actually Paloma that is what we say it's funny I say I live here you know we say that we're like we live here but really we feel like we're stewards of this house. Like I can't, it's one of those houses that has like an old soul. And I'm like, you know, one day we'll be gone, but this house will kind of go on and, you know, we got to be stewards for a while. And that's, that really is how we think of it. Yeah, that's cool. So what's going on outdoors these days? I saw on Instagram that you guys recently added chickens. We did. To the <laughs> we got six chickens and um, they are just the sweetest. I just love, love, love them. Um, so we are in the process. Um, we built a little um, 
coop for them. It was like one of those kits you can buy and put together. And then um, we're in the process of building their run. Uh, Dave's uh, stable gun broke like halfway through the job. And so um, things are kind of slow right now. It, I think we're getting our a delivery maybe tomorrow. So it's very slow going, um, but we're finishing up the run. And then I'm building or not building, I guess, planting a little uh, garden around it. So we'll have a table in it, kind of like the one in my backyard where, you know, we have all the vegetables, but this one will be um, flowers. So it's like roses and butterfly bushes and, and herbs. Um, and just, just to have a little spot where we can be to kind of hang out with them. And I, I will feel like I'm still getting things done because it can be working on the garden. I don't think I could justify just like sitting there all day, but I could justify working in a garden. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think I am. I am. I, I am till I stop. Yeah. I think it's like I'll go, go, go. But when it gets to that moment that I'm done, I like don't even want to move like at all. So I think, but during daylight hours, I think I need to be doing things. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. It's hard for me to like really veg out because I feel like there's always something to, yes. that needs to be done. I, I feel like. Uh, if I don't accomplish something every day, I'm just, I don't feel satisfied. Like I need to accomplish things to feel good. I need to be problem solving. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good trait for sure because it makes you industrious and obviously you've achieved a lot, but yes. it would be nice to be able to like let go and just relax um, every now and then. It's so funny because mm -hmm. when this whole like shelter at home thing started, Initially, I thought, okay, well, this will be maybe a little nice. I can catch up on some reading and go through all of my design books and just get inspired and do all of this stuff that I never had the time to do. And thankfully, I'm so grateful that most of our projects are moving forward. And so that's mm -hmm. kept us busy. But, you know, we've, we've been really, really busy. It hasn't changed tremendously for us from our regular day to day being in the office. And I haven't read a single book or organized a single drawer. I in my know. House. I know. I, I'm, yeah, same deal. I mean, we have lost some projects, um, but at the same time, we've launched our online store. And so I'm just getting indoctrinated into that. And that is crazy. Um, so we're just, yeah, I, I feel like I'm like, when is going to be, you know, I'm like, I do have all those design books and magazines. I mean, I, so many years of magazines, I feel like I haven't opened. Like one day I'll get to those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of media, you, you guys had a show debut last year on HGTV called Best yeah. House on the Block. Um, and you're in a unique position because TV and the design space can be a little bit tricky. You're a high-end interior designer as well as now a personality on a show that has to bring a fully executed interior to life in a single TV episode, which we know is something you probably like drove yourself into the ground to achieve yes. in a short span of time. Can you give us a little insight into behind the scenes and how yes. it all comes well, together? It was, it was crazy. It was, uh, I think, eight houses in like 11 weeks, I think. Um, and they were kind of top to bottom renovation. So by the end of it, we, we were all sick, like literally physically ill. Um, so I think I don't even think I had a voice, um, but it was, it was crazy. It was um, just very much like your typical, well, I guess it's really not like your typical project. The design process was probably the same for me. 
Um, but the the timeline is just so much faster. Um, and the budgets aren't, you know, they're not really the budgets that we are normally working with. So you can't necessarily use like the same fabrics and those kinds of things. Um, and not the and not all of the clients, most of the clients didn't actually purchase the furniture. So we had to invest a lot of money into buying furniture um, for the shows and then, you know, warehouse and warehoused it afterwards. Um, oh, so wow. it, it is just a different process. And some people bought things, but you, when you're designing it, you don't know if they're going to buy anything or not. Um, so it's definitely a huge, I mean, it's, it's definitely a business venture um, and a huge kind of risk. Yeah, for sure. that's, that's a big gamble. I don't know that anyone yeah. listening would have realized that you'd have to make that investment on the front end yourself. Yep. And, and I should say that you probably don't have to, but if you, if you didn't, like, if I didn't do that, I would have not been proud of the work I was putting out there. Um, there's a very small budget for, for, uh, for each episode, very small. That wouldn't, I don't, you know, I, it just wouldn't furnish the house in a way that I'd be comfortable furnishing it, you know, in, and putting on TV. Um, so, you know, we did make a conscious decision um, to, to invest, but it's definitely a lot um, for sure. What would you say was the most memorable part of the process? I would say um, the reveals to the clients were so amazing. Um, we had so many sweet clients um, and it wasn't like um, normal jobs where they know everything that's going in. Most of these people didn't even know what kind of tile they were going to get um, or what color their kitchen cabinets were. So it was truly, I mean, I was nervous, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope they like it. Um, so it was just really neat. And there were a lot of happy tears and um, it was just, it was really cool, really emotional um, to see them so happy. That's so great. Yeah, it was great. Would you do it again? Will there, will there be a second season? There won't be a second season um, with HGTV. So we actually, we knew before it aired. That I mean, we didn't know for sure, for sure, but we kind of figured before it aired that it wouldn't um, have a second season. Discovery purchased HGTV when we were in the middle of filming, and uh, we were told that there was there were all these changes happening, and um, it, we just wouldn't get another season. Hmm. So yeah. it was it, it was kind of you know bittersweet because we put a lot into it, and um, to pretty much know before it aired that it didn't matter, you know how it did that it would just not continue. It was definitely a, a, a pill to swallow for us, I'd say. Yeah, that has yeah. to be disheartening because it was obviously it was a ton of work and time away from your family and the rest of your business. But sh surely, I mean, obviously, good has come out of it. And it's yes. increased your platform. And obviously, there were wonderful relationships made, I'm sure with some of the, the clients and whatnot. But um, yeah. there's always a lesson to be learned. I feel like we all as creatives and entrepreneurs, especially anyone who's tried something new, you know, trying a, a different sort of arm of your business, some things work out and some don't. And yes, there's always absolutely. a lesson to be learned. You know, it's not easy for things to not work out the way that you'd hoped when you set out on that path. Um, but there's always a lesson there and always something to, to take away. And those things 
often reveal themselves immediately. Most often it seems like it might take a little while after you sort of sit with it and reflect back on that experience, but. Absolutely. Yeah. We um, we're so, so, so glad we did it. And honestly, just so thankful for that opportunity. It was amazing. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where you kind of, you, you know, your life and, or what you think, where you think you're going just takes a complete, you know, left turn and, and you just, you know, we just trust that things work out for a reason. And, you know, we just kind of move forward as positively as possible, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, I'm, I'm glad we did it. It was a cool experience to have. And um, we really, you know, interestingly enough, loved the process of, of filming and of storytelling. Like we loved getting to know our crew and, and seeing how, um, how they would edit things to make a story. And so um, we've had fun. I've been doing those silly little uh, homework videos on Instagram where like once a week I do something around the house and Dave films me doing it. Um, and then we just edit it and post it um, each week to kind of maybe inspire other people to join in and do the activity too. But, you know, I don't think we ever would have done that um, if it weren't for the show, just because we kind of learned so much about, about that process. And I think when we, just to like put that in perspective, when our show aired on HGTV, um, we gained about a thousand Instagram followers um, in about like three months. It took a long time, you know, that whole time. And in that same time period, um, that same, not, sorry, not that same time period, but in three months, the next year, when we did our homework sessions, we'd gained almost 40,000 Instagram followers in the same time. Wow. It was, that was eye opening to me. I, I had, you know, no idea that it would do that. Um, but it really kind of showed me, you know, the power that we can have when we take our own content, you know, our content into our own hands. Um, I think I'd been thinking before, oh, you know, on HGTV, then we can, we really can like, you know, have more products and, and sell things and da, 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 and, and diversify and all that. Um, but it, for us, it didn't, you know, we were not on, that channel long enough for it to really, you know, to, for us to get all those benefits. But we learned um, so much doing it that we kind of figured out, hey, we could probably do this for ourselves. Right. Um, so well, it's really it's, good. It speaks to the level of engagement that you have with people who organically come to you and follow you so enthusiastically and feel like they know you a little bit better because on some level they're interacting with you every day on mm -hmm. social media versus, you know, being another person on a huge platform like television where that intimacy, that connection isn't quite there. Absolutely. Um, that's insane to hear. I would have never imagined that um, we were shocked. The numbers would look that way. Yep. We were shocked. We were just, it was crazy. We were shocked. Um, and that's definitely not the case for everyone. Like I think it, it works. I mean, I think a lot of people get a ton of followers when they do it, but we just, we didn't because of, you know, when it aired and the time frame, and they knew that it wasn't continuing. So we didn't really get um, the social media that we, you know, we weren't tagged on social media. It wasn't announced when our show was going on and all of that. We had to do all of that ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really didn't. Yeah. It was different for us for sure. Wow. Well, I love your homework videos. I think that's such a clever thing to do. And the level of interaction that you've had, I think so many people, you see you repost the things that people share when they yeah. do their little homework assignment. And so many people are actively doing them, which is fun to see. I love seeing that. And I love it when I see like people, 
you know, are outside, like with their kids doing one of the activities. And it's just, it makes, it makes me so happy that, that it's like bringing something fun to someone else's life too. Sometimes Um, it's great. That's great. And I'm sure it's a really nice distraction for a lot of people, especially right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I originally didn't know if I was going to continue doing it right now. It just felt like I, I definitely took some time off from doing it. It just felt kind of wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I just kind of felt like, well, people, you know, we need to stay positive and kind of, I could maybe be a little bit of a distraction for someone or, you know, make them happy in some small way. So I figured let's just keep doing that. It's tricky. It's a fine line. I sort of struggled with that during this time as well. Just figuring out, you know, do people want to keep seeing things that are sort of design focused and do they welcome the distraction and want to feel a sense of normalcy and continue being inspired? Or is it insensitive to focus Mm -hmm. on these, you know, seemingly trivial things when there are so many bigger things going on in the world? And I, I took a couple of polls actually on my Instagram stories and the overall uh, response really seemed to be that people wanted to continue seeing design content and that they they wanted the distraction more than anything but I think you have to do it with a little bit of sensitivity which you do so beautifully it's it for sure and I think it's you know when we talk about design it's like this is many of our you know our form of entertainment um, you know that is what takes people's mind off of you know is maybe Instagram or a blog um, or a magazine or whatever it is, it's kind of, you know, it's, that's in a way I'm like, well, this is kind of our role, you know, how we can, um, you know, be positive when, when people need it. Yeah. Do you take a more organic approach to your Instagram, like just posting things as they come to you and as you're inspired, or are you more strategic about it these days? I just kind of wake up and, and post what I'm feeling <laughs> for sure. Definitely more organic. Um, what about you? I'm the same, actually. So for the shop, um, we have a marketing coordinator and we plan our content because that's sort of a different animal. I mean, yeah, it's a retail. Yeah, it's retail. And so, you know, the focus, the primary um, objective there is to sell product and to keep the doors open. So we just approach that very differently. And, and we plan out at least one to two weeks at a time, what the content will be. Uh But on my personal Instagram, it really is very much like you just said, it's whatever's inspiring me at the time or something that I feel compelled to share. And what I'll typically do so that I'm not rushing to do it in the morning is if I have time the previous evening as I'm drinking a glass of wine and watching some trashy reality show or whatever I've got on TV, I will start um, composing a draft of what the next day's post will be. But that's about as far out as I get. And I like to leave some room for inspiration. So if something strikes my fancy or if I'm traveling and, you know, I stumble upon something, I can share that in a more organic way. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the beauty of Instagram. I mean, remember when it was time, I kind of miss it when it was time, uh, oriented when you would literally see someone had just posted 30 seconds ago. Do you remember when it was mm-hmm. new and you knew that that was exactly what that person was doing right then? There was something cool about that. I miss that. And then the yeah. algorithm changed. And yes. now I feel like there are a lot of people who I don't see on my feed very much anymore. 
I know that's why I sometimes stalker like your things because I didn't <laughs> see it. So I went to your page and liked a bunch or, I mean, it's, 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 I, it drives me crazy. And I honestly don't even fully understand it because I'll be liking things specifically. So I see them again and then I never do. I'm like, this. yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, maybe somebody else does, but I certainly don't. <laughs> I know. He'll change it by the time we understand it. I feel like. Yeah. It's always evolving. Uh, well, in addition to all of the other ventures that we've talked about, you've also written two books. Your first was Habitat and the most recent Down to Earth, which just came out last fall. Um, how does the second book differ from the first? So the first book was kind of uh, a, a, what is soup to no nuts to bolts, um, kind of a, you know, total sort of how to decorate um, kind of intro book from beginning to end. Uh, starting with architecture and going all the way into um, accessorizing. And um, the second book is uh, called Down to Earth. And that's really more about um, how to achieve kind of uh, that down to earth vibe that I love so much. And it lists um, elements, many of them that we went over earlier um, today in our call, um, but the elements that I think are really important uh, to design and to achieving that uh, down-to-earth look. So the first one is just kind of more general, how to decorate, and then the next one is how to kind of get this specific vibe. Um, And it has six houses in it, and all the houses are very different, but they all have that sort of relaxed, laid-back vibe to them. Well, they're both so beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything that people might be surprised to learn about you, Lauren? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, Surprised to learn about me. I'm sorry, Plum. I was supposed to think about this, and I didn't. I'm trying to think what's surprising. Um, Let me see. I don't know. Is it surprising that I'm goofy? I don't know if that's surprising, that I'm weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not surprising to me because I know you and we've been friends for a long time, but I think others might be surprised because you're so beautiful and put together and polished and have this like ethereal vibe that comes across. So they might be surprised. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a little weird. Um, I can be inappropriate and goofy at times. (laughs) Well, that's why we love you. (laughs) Well, Lauren, we're recording this during the the stay-at-home order for the coronavirus pandemic, and it's been a strange time, a strange, uncertain time for all of us. What has this experience taught you? Have you found a silver lining? You know, I do um, think that silver lining um, in a few of them, but definitely I, I am loving the family time. Um, you know, I wish obviously these weren't the circumstances, but I am just trying to really uh, just focus on the kids and appreciate that time. Um, We've been having lunches together. I'm usually not at home, you know, during the day and you're usually not home during the day. So mealtimes have been really big for us. And we, I've just been enjoying, you know, cooking for them and um, having nice long meals and kind of just slowing down a little bit. I think, you know, a lot of us are realizing just how fast uh, paced our lives are. And it's definitely got me thinking about changes I want to make when things do go back to normal and how I don't want to go back to it being the same as it was before. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are in that same boat where Mm -hmm. we've all had in some strange sense, this sort of gift of time at home to Mm -hmm. really sit with the things that matter 
and figure out, you know, what's working, what doesn't, what won't fit in our lives moving forward, what we want to prioritize more. I think a lot of people will be sort of gaining new perspective and shifting their priorities as we come out of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you do realize just how right now, especially how precious the time we do have is like how short life is and how we really do need to make the most of it and not have regrets and not spend our time doing things that are not worthwhile. Mm-hmm, indeed. Um, to that end, if you could go back in time, is there a piece of advice that you would give your younger self? I would say, um, I would probably say, don't sweat it. Um, I feel like as I get older and older, like things just seem to bother me less and less. Um, it takes a lot probably to bother me now. Um, but I know when I was younger, um, you know, things would upset me or I'd get worried or nervous. And um, I think I, if I could just tell myself, you know, go back to my 20 year old self and just say, don't worry about it. Like everything's going to be fine. It'll all work out. Like it's all happening for a reason and don't sweat it. I think I would just. Yeah, I would have loved to have like understood that sooner. <laughs> yeah, sage advice, but it certainly takes life experience, I think, and confidence to to get to that place where you realize that some things aren't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, as we wrap up, what is currently giving you hope in the world of design or otherwise? I think just... Um, seeing all of the beautiful people and uh, the just the acts of love and kindness that I'm seeing um, people, strangers giving to other strangers, um, just everything with the virus. I, it's terrible and it's heartbreaking and it's sad, but I am seeing so many people just kind of rise to um, just really sacrifice for others and, and doing really good and, kind things. Um, some of the accounts that I follow, like I'll just be crying in the mornings because these people are like just so kind and good. I'm like, um, I definitely have this kind of, I don't know, restored faith. I don't know if my faith wasn't (laughs) restored in humanity, but I definitely kind of, uh, weirdly feel even more connected with people than I did before, even though I haven't seen anyone, um, just because I'm seeing how many good people there really are out there. Yeah, I, I can certainly agree with that. Well, Lauren, it's been so nice catching up with you and just hearing more about how you do everything that you do and make it seem so effortless. And it's also beautiful and wonderfully done. Um, I hope to see you and give you a big hug, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right, Lauren, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Paloma. Big hug. Miss you. Miss you too. Okay. Sending love. Bye-bye. Bye, girly. That was interior designer, author, and creative entrepreneur, Lauren Lease. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to visit us online at thestylefilespodcast.com where you can find more episodes featuring inspiring conversations with creatives. You can listen directly on our website or subscribe via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying The Style Files, please consider leaving us a positive rating or review. It will only take a few seconds of your time and it will make a very big difference for us. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.